Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. Jesus, we worship you, Lord. We thank you even now you prepared this atmosphere for the word of God to go forth and minister to the lives of your people, God. Father, I thank you for the breakthrough anointing that's in this house this morning, Lord God, that we will not leave the same way we came in the name of Jesus. And if you believe that this morning, give God a praise on that. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, worship team. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Sometimes we got to take a praise break. Amen. (laughs) Sometimes we got to take a praise break and just give God thanks for his goodness and his mercy. Amen. Sometimes our spiritual enemy, the devil, would try to... um, bring us down with doubt and, and fear and, and problems. And sometimes we go to praying and our mind is some other place and we go to worshiping God and we're thinking about what we got to do on Monday, what we got to do after church. And we think about all these different things and we become so distracted. And it is the plan of the enemy to distract us. As I t- shared with you last week, prayer is your lifeline to God. And the enemy's job is to kill, steal, and destroy and that's what he wants to do. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy your communication line to God, your lifeline to God. And he'll do any and everything to distract you to get, from getting into God's presence. And that's through the avenue of prayer. That's through the avenue of praise and worship. That's through the avenue of taking that quality, quiet time and meeting with your Savior on a daily basis. Amen? And so we're going to continue this series on prayer this morning and we're going to continue just to continue to um, have this atmosphere of praise, have this atmosphere of worship because it's important. You can have this experience in your home. You don't have to wait until you come to church until the praise and worship team come up and lead you to have an encounter with Jesus. Come on now. I heard my wife in the shower this morning praying in tongues, worshiping the Lord. And next day I'm walking out the bed. I'm praising God too. I said, praise is contagious. I said, hold it now. I didn't even wake up yet. I'm praising the Lord. Come on now. Come on, you're going to have that experience anywhere. And God wants to meet with you. He desires to meet with his people on a regular basis, not just a Sunday experience. Amen? This is a worship experience, but you can have that every day. Every day you can have it. You don't don't need to get a prayer partner. You can get on your knees and have your own encounter with God. And so we're going to continue to talk about how do we continue to have that encounter with God. Next week is going to be our last week on this prayer series, and we're going to be breaking down the Lord's Prayer. So you say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, the kingdom come. What does all that mean? And so we're going to break that down for you next week. But we're going to talk about a, a subject today as it relates to prayer. And I think that this is a question that many Christians deal with. Because many times we have prayed prayers to the Lord, maybe even prayers for healing of a loved one, and they never received that healing. Maybe it's the prayers for an answer, and you didn't get the answer that you thought you were going to get. Maybe it's been prayers for God to do something, and the thing that you thought he was going to do, he didn't even do it. Or maybe in a place of waiting when you believe in the Lord to do something, and it has not been done yet, 
and it seems like it's being done for everybody else except you. And so today we're going to talk on the subject, why didn't God answer my prayer? Why didn't God answer my prayer? And as we go into this word this morning, there are uh, different reasons why God doesn't answer prayer or why God sometimes says wait. There's only three answers that God gives us is yes, no, and wait. Yes, no, and wait. Some of us, we prayed something, and we're not going to answer yet, so the answer is wait. That's why the scripture says, wait on the Lord, be of good or good courage, and he will strengthen thine heart. Because sometimes in the waiting, we get faint. We lose heart. We become discouraged. But in the waiting, God will strengthen our heart. There are times where God would tell us no, and we could find ourselves getting frustrated. But why? We really want I really want this. We really wanted this thing. And God just shut the door. And sometimes we don't know why did God do that. Or the very thing that God has telling us to do, we really don't want to do. What he's saying yes to, we really say no to. And we wonder, why didn't God answer my prayer? But understanding why God doesn't always answer prayer at times, we have to understand what matters to God when you pray? That's the better question. What matters to God when you pray? There are going to be five areas that I'm going to touch briefly with you this morning. Number one, what matters to God when you pray? Your relationships matter to God. Your relationships matter to God. The scripture says in St. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 and 25, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them or forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sin. This is the reason why at times our prayers do not get answered because our relationships matter to God. The scripture says if you regard iniquity, in other words, if you hold sin, things that are unconfessed in your heart, he said, I cannot hear from you. So sometimes we're praying to God, we believe in God to do something, but we're holding issues that we have not dealt with in our hearts. It's hard for God to answer that prayer because we're not in a state of obedience. And how many of you know that God doesn't bless disobedient children? Many of you are parents, and you know if your child did wrong, and you know it's around Christmas time, and your child wants that Xbox and a new pair of shoes, you're going to think twice because he didn't do well in school this semester. Come on, somebody. Come on now. And so God doesn't bless disobedient children because our relationships matter to God. The scripture says, forgive him. And it's funny, the scripture says, forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive you of your sin. So that lets me know that God can withhold his forgiveness if you're withholding your forgiveness for somebody else. (laughs) But God is gracious. God loves me. God died for the earth. But if you're holding something in your heart, you can't even receive the forgiveness of God because you have not yet given it to that person that offended you. And offenses are a, a simple thing. So like me, many times I internalize an offense. I'm a person, you know, some people are very vocal when they're offended. You know, you hurt my feelings. And I don't need this. And I'm, no, 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 no. They're quick to tell you. 
But you have people who are not confrontational. And so what they do is they take it and they swallow it and they hide it and they don't tell anybody. And it's time to take communion and say, have you forgiven your brother? Yes, Lord, I just released him in my heart. But every time you see that person, you feel a little stinger inside. You feel a little tingling inside. You feel kind of funny around that person because you're still harboring unforgiveness. It's an issue that God wants to deal with because your relationships matter to God. Another scripture in 1 Peter 3, 7 says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner, as heirs with you of the graciousness gift of life, so nothing will hinder your prayers. This was Paul talking, this was Peter talking now to the husband and wife. Sometimes husbands, we can hold stuff against our wives. All right now, and sometimes sisters, we can hold stuff against our husbands. Ah, praise the Lord. It's a double-edged sword. It goes both ways. And it says that if we don't forgive our spouses, come on, our prayers will be hindered. We could be praying, Lord, I thank you. I believe you. I believe you for this. And God's like, mm-hmm, but when are you going to forgive him? And when are you going to forgive her? Because your relationships matter to God. That's why, that's why times in prayer, when we, when we pray daily, we're supposed to check ourselves to make sure there's nothing there. Come on. David says, search me, oh God. And see if there's anything in me that's not like you. Shine the light. Search me. Search my heart. So you have to ask the Holy Spirit to search you. Because sometimes there's things in your heart that you don't realize that's there. Or sometimes there's things that people have done to you, did to you as younger. Come on, it could be things that are gruesome that you don't eat. You want to black out your mind. You don't want to think about. But if you don't release that, because let me tell you something. Unforgiveness will turn to bitterness. And when you're bitter, when you're bitter, you're not hurting anybody but yourself. You're holding that person in a prison, and that person's doing what they got to do and paying you no mind. They're living their lives. So your mind will just live yours and, 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 and forgive them. Forgiveness does not mean that what they did to you was acceptable. Forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. I'll say that again. Forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. It's for you to be free so you can move on with your life. Because your relationships matter to God. So as we pray, ask God to, is there anything, is there anyone in my heart, anything, a relative, a sibling? Sometimes we have issues with our parents or we have issues with our siblings or we have issues with a coworker. And sometimes they might not even be believers, amen? They're not going to always agree with what you have to say. But Lord, I, I forgive this person for what they did to me. Jesus sets a beautiful, a beautiful example. He said, Lord, forgive them. For they know not what they do. They, they don't know what they did when they did that to me. They, they, they were being used. They, were, they weren't being used by God. They, they were in some other place. Lord, forgive them. Have mercy on them, Lord. We have to have that same type of compassion. Because your relationships matter to God. What matters to God when you pray? That was number one. Your relationships matter to God. Number two, your motives matter to God. What is your MO? What is your mode of operation? What is your motive in the matter? James 4.3 says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. Why are you asking God to do A, B, and C? Why are you asking God to do blank? Why? What is the motive behind that prayer? 
And so you could just, oh, Lord, I need a job so you can make more money and flash and say, hey, God, look, I'm rich now. I'm doing better now. Praise the Lord. Look at my new clothes. Woo, thank you. Woo. What is the motive behind? Now, don't get me wrong. I want you to have the things. I want you to do all that good stuff. But what is the motive? What is the motive? What is the motive? What, what, what is behind your prayers? Because sometimes God doesn't answer prayers because our motives are wrong. And he sees our heart. Come on, parents, you know when your child is trying to deceive you and they go ask mommy, mommy, can I do something? What did your father say? Oh, he said, um, what, you know, he, I, I, I can do that. You know, they're being deceptive. He's like, hmm, your father said what? That don't sound like your father. What he said, let me call him real quick. Oh, no, no, I call him for no, let me call him real quick. Because, you know, the motives. Come on now. The motives. Your boss asks, where's the report? Oh, you know, you know, I, I think, I think I, it got lost. I had a virus on my computer. It must have went to junk mail. Let me go to my office right now and see you. You didn't, you didn't do the report. Come on now. What's your motive? What's, what is behind it? Because motives is what drive us many times. And if your motives are not pure, they become corrupt. They become a place for the enemy to come. And if we want the enemy to come to steal, kill, and destroy, what is your motives for that dream? For that degree? What is the motive? Is it pure motives? Is it just for self? Because anything selfish, it's not going to stand before God. Okay? That, that's how Satan got kicked out of heaven because of his pride. He said, I will arise. I am the son of the morning. He said, no, you're not. Last thing I said, the son was Jesus. <laughs> Wasn't you, Lucifer? Go down. Amen. God does not, God does not like haughtiness. He does not like Pride. What are the motives? Your motives matter to God when you pray. Your motives matter. Proverbs 16.2 says, All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. God weighs the motives of your heart. Some of you, Lord, I need this now. Lord, I need a breakthrough. And God said, okay, I'll give you that breakthrough, but you're going to wait a little bit for that breakthrough because I, 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 I got to purge you. But sometimes your motives are mixed. It's kind of good, but it's still some self, some self in there. Some God got to, come on, he, he, he got to purge you out. He, he got to take you through seasons where, he, where he's purging all of the things that are not like him. It's like giving a, it's like, it's like giving a baby a car. You want to give your two-year-old keys to a car? No, they have to grow. They have to come mature. They have to go through a road test. They have to take a, a, a written test. They have to go through a process of growth and maturity to get there. Sometimes we're not in that place of maturity to have the thing that we're asking the Lord for. And so what he does, he says, I'm going to give it to you, but I have to take you on the process to get you there. I've got to prepare you for it because you can't handle it by yourself. You can't handle it in the season or in the state that you are currently in. Lord, I want to be married. Child, if God will let you get married right now, you'll be divorced by the end of the year. You got so many issues, God got to work that stuff out of you. You ain't ready for no marriage. But I love him. Come on, love is not just going to keep the marriage together. You need God. Love is what numbs you from each other. Come on now. Love covers a multitude of sins. When you're in love, you see no wrong. But once the love begins to fade, you start seeing that stuff. You're like, oh, Lord, I didn't know he had that. And I didn't know she dealt with that. Oh, God. You have to allow the Lord to process you so you can be ready for the thing that you believe in God for. Your motives matter to God. So oftentimes, 
It's not God saying no. He's saying wait because I'm processing you. Lord, I want to do this. Okay, you're not ready for that just yet. But I'm, I'm getting you ready. I'm processing you so that can happen. Amen? The Lord called me to preach when I was 15 years old. I'm in my 30s now. Can it take me through a process to get me here? I'm like, okay. He called me to preach. Yes. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a young preacher. I'm going to do it. Look, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this. And I ain't got to. You got too many eyes. Get your eye out of here. And that's the problem. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And God said, where am I at? Oftentimes, the things that God calls you to do, you can't do it by yourself. Because if you could do it by yourself, you wouldn't need God. Your motives matter to God. What matters most to God when you pray? Your relationships matter. Your motives matter. Number three, the way you live matters. Oh, I could spend a whole day on that. Ah. Sometimes we got just SMO, Sunday morning only. Come on, we come to church. Now we, know what we, now we know what we were doing last night. We know who drove us here this morning. And we know who's going to pick us up after church. And we know what the plan is going to be for the rest of the week. How you live matters to God. The Bible says in James chapter 5, verse 16, the prayers of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Key word, righteous. What does righteous mean? It's not just some term you use in the valley. Righteous, dude, righteous. No. Righteous means that you are living your life according to God's standard. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you don't have slip-ups from time to time, because we all do. No one is perfect. Amen? Okay, so you are righteous. But if you're living your life that you're not striving to walk in holiness, that's what we don't hear in the church anymore. Striving to walk in purity. Come on now. If, 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 you're, if you're single, you're striving to keep yourself pure. Amen. You're not putting yourself in compromising situations. Come on now. Married people too. You're not putting yourself in compromising situations, amen, that you're striving to live your life. Come on now. You're paying your tithes, amen. Even though your bills see more, your, your outcome sees more than your income, you say, Lord, I'm still going, I'm still going to tithe. I know it's the right thing to do. I'm, I'm still going to do it. Come on now. Oh, it's quiet in here now. I'm just stuck on something. Come on. I'm coming in it right now. Come on. Come on. Because let me tell you something. There's been times, especially this summer, the rough summer for, for Pastor Alvarez and I. And I said, Lord, I could just keep this, this couple of hundred dollars right here. And just I could go and pay off that and I could do that. And I said, but will a man rob God? I said, who, I said we got we to gotta support the household of faith here. Come on now. Running all this ain't cheap. This, this ain't free. Come on now. Come on, church. Come on. Ministry is nice. Praising God is nice. Lord, is equipment. Come on. What does stuff cost now? Come on now. As I'm just like, Lord. Now, what are we going to do? I said, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give. And as I gave, God said, well, come back to you. Press down. Shaking together. Running over. God said, he will give it to you. And I've seen God. I've put God to the test. And I've seen him provide time and time and time again. I've got a free trips. Come on now. I've got rent paid. I've got things that people, just supernatural things that happen because I put God first. And sometimes you got to put God first. You got to check yourself. How are you living? How are you living when no one's looking at you? 
Because we all got our church faces on right now. We all look good. Amen. We all praising God. We got our righteous, dignified, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, brother, praise the Lord, sister. God is good all the time and all the time. God is being encouraged. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord, pastor. Praise the Lord. Have a great Sunday. But as soon as you leave that church and get in your car and get out of here, you take the mask off, and that's the real you. How are you living? Because that's what matters to God, how you're living. The prayers of a righteous man. Are you righteous this morning? A righteous woman. Are you righteous this morning? It's powerful and effective. Come I on, you know the people in the church who touch God for real. Everybody says, oh yeah, I'll pray for you, but you know the people who really touch God. Because you know they're walking close to God. You know that they're, they're connected with God because they're walking in righteousness. God wants you to walk in righteousness. The way you live matters to God. Proverbs 15:29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. He hears the prayers of the righteous. Maybe your prayer is not being heard from God because you're not living the way he wants you to live. The way you live matters to God. What matters most to God? Your relationships matter. Your motives matter. The way you live matters. Here's number four. Your faith matters. Your faith matters. James chapter 1 verse, verse 6 and verse 7. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. I can stop right there. When you ask God, you must believe and not doubt. You must have faith. The Bible says without faith, you cannot please God. As a matter of fact, God cannot hear from you. As a matter of fact, when you accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, he said out of your mouth, the confession that you make in faith makes you saved. So you need to have faith when you pray. Now, well, Lord, they said I should pray. So I'm just going to do what pastor said to do. So Lord, will you just help me and my mentor and tell me to sleep? Because, you know, that's I'm just doing this, Lord. I need to pray. So. Got the TV on. Got Facebook open. Lord, would you just bless me? I'm not going to bless you. Not even give him your undivided attention. Turn that television off. Shut that phone off. Put that thing on vibrate. Turn it off. Come on, spend some time with God. Stop ignoring him. Let me tell you, when your boo's around, you, you make sure everything is right to talk to your boo. No, fellas, I speak to you like, I got to talk about telephone. I tell you, what are you doing? You make your undivided attention, but you can't give no attention to God. Where's your faith at? Believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. In other words, when you don't have faith, you're like, you believe God next Sunday, you discourage the next. You believe God on Monday, you're depressed by Wednesday. You get a scripture they heard on the radio on Thursday, but you're back down depressed on Saturday. And then Pastor God encouraged you again on Sunday. And you're blown to and fro because you have no faith. That man should not think he will be receiving anything from the Lord. That's what the scripture says. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. All of his ways. So you got to be sure. 
You've got to know that you know that you know. When we say that song, I know I can make it, that's, that's, a, that's a song of faith. Now I think that I can make it. I really want to make it. I hope that I can make it. Maybe I will make it. Someday I will make it. I know! There's something inside of me that says, life is not this, it's going to get better. I know that I'm going to make it. There's a declaration I have inside of me. I'm there in the horns of hell. No, you may come after me, but I know that I'm going to make it. Bank account might say something. House might be in foreclosure. They might be letting people go on the job, but I know that I'm going to make it. I know that I'm going to sin. I know that I know that I know. You might count me out, but God has qualified me because of my faith. Because your faith matters to God. Matthew 9, chapter 29, verse 30. Verse 29, verse 30 says, Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith. You know Jesus never gets healed people just to heal people. Every time Jesus heals someone in the Bible, many times, if not all, it was according to their faith. He said, Be done by your faith. Now, this time that you don't have faith, and this is the importance, this is the importance of being in church. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of the brethren, of the church. It's important to come to church because there will be times in your life where you do not have faith. I think about when Jesus was, amen, in the house, amen, he was there with the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were all talking to him, and all of a sudden, you see the roof come off. And these four guys drop this guy who is sick right down on the table. They raised the roof. Amen. That was the real raise the roof back in the day. They raised the roof for Jesus. Amen. And Jesus said, get up and walk. He said, because of the faith of your friends, not the God's faith, your friend's faith. And many times, amen, God will give you a breakthrough when you come together because it might not be your faith that's enough to get you through. And so he used the faith of others. That's why we come together. We'll be, some, of you, some of you have been so discouraged this week. You almost didn't make it to church. That's why some of you make it to church this morning. So discouraged. Amen? And we come to church, and now you got other people who are filled with faith. Faith is contagious. I'll give you a little something. You need a little extra, I'll give you a little something. I'll give you a little something. And when I'm empty, y'all give me a little something. Come on. Come on. Just some something I'm like, Lord, I'm Lord. I'm the pastor. Today I see y'all here worshiping. I say, well, man, i got to serve God. Come on i got to give it to God because your faith matters. Your faith is contagious. Your faith means something to God. He said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? And their sight was restored. Faith, faith, faith. Who is your faith? Faith, little as a mustard seed, can tell the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the seed. I told him this before. I said, Jesus Christ chose the mustard seed because the mustard seed is not the smallest seed in the world. But we always think of Christians, oh, he chose faith. Faith is little as a mustard seed. Yes, yes, faith is, a mustard seed is small, but the mustard seed is not the smallest seed in the world. Amen. He chose the mustard seed because the mustard seed is a tenacious mustard seed. So what happens is I can dig to the ground and plant a mustard seed today into the ground, and I can leave the mustard seed there. I can build a building on top of the mustard seed. The mustard seed has the tenacity, has the audacity, has the nerve that says, I'm going to grow no matter what. So the mustard seed will literally grow around 
the building and pop up where there is an entrance because nothing would stop the mustard seed from seeing the light of day. Nothing would stop the mustard seed from growing. So with Jesus Christ, that you have faith as little as a mustard seed, and you can tell that mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. He was talking about the power of the mustard seed. He was talking about the power of faith. That no matter what comes against you, you can grow. You can push. No matter what obstacles seem to bind you up. No matter what obstacles seem to keep you bound. But your faith has a way of getting you out of situations that in no other way that could have happened. You need faith this morning. Your faith matters to God. There has to be a, a fight in your spirit. You have to be violent in your spirit. The Bible says the kingdom suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. How do I take it by force, Pastor? I have to have faith. The Bible says the armor of God, take up the belt of truth, shod your feet with the gospel of peace, put on the breastplate of righteousness, then put on the helmet of salvation. Take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Ah, but don't forget the shield of faith, the dodge, the fiery darts of the wicked. You have to have faith, my brother. You have to have faith. You have to dare to believe God because your faith matters. It matters. It matters to God. Without faith, you can't do anything. Faith is the key that unlocks the door for God's blessings in your life. What matters to God when you pray? Your relationships matter. Your motives matter. The way you live matters. Your faith matters. Number five, God's will matters. God's will matters. God's will matters. First John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15 states, this is the confidence we have in the approaching God. And approaching God, coming to God. That if we ask anything according to his will, my will, mama's will, my professor's will, Boyfriend's will, husband's will, my will. His will. He hears us. If we do, if we know what, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. God will only give you or only answer the prayers that are according to his will. Another word we used to use in the old church, we don't hear this word anymore. He is sovereign. When God is sovereign, sometimes bad things happen to good people. We don't, we, and we wonder why. I've seen so many different dear sisters and brothers of the Lord who are precious in their faith, who are precious. I know they're living right, and they get sick, lost many because of cancer, because of different things. They ask God, why would you allow this to happen to such a good person? Why would you allow my mother to die? Why would you allow my sister to die? Why would you allow my best friend to die? Why would you allow her to die? Why would you have this situation? Why did, why did this hurricane struck their house and not the other neighbor's house? Why all this and why this and why that and why that? Because God is sovereign. He does as he will. The Bible says that God is infinite in his thinking. And we are finite in our understanding. We don't understand now on earth why God does the things that he does. 
We don't understand as a nation why people are suffering and people on Wall Street right now occupying Wall Street and now they're occupying Australia and Tokyo and L.A. and Dubai and over the world and all these protests are happening because people want change. We don't understand why these things are happening around us. But one thing I do know that God is sovereign and he would allow this to happen according to his will, according to his watch. There's a song we used to sing in the old church, and we'll understand it better by and by. Come on now. One, we don't understand certain things that happen now. I don't understand why you got fired. I don't understand why you got diagnosed with sickness. I don't understand why you're not doing well this semester in that class that you thought you were going to breeze through. I don't understand why your husband's acting up right now. But we'll understand it better by and by. Thy will matters, Lord. When we sing the Lord, said the Lord's prayer, Lord, not my will, that thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. It's a pattern. Whatever is done on earth is being set forth. Heaven is being set forth on the earth. Lord, your will be done. Your will be done. I don't understand it, but God, I'll still trust you. See, some of us, when stuff happens, we don't understand, then we, we doubt God. And we question God. Why? Sometimes God don't give us the answer. Because it's his will. Sometimes, to be honest, it's just none of our business. We wouldn't understand anyway if we tried to break it down to you. Because you couldn't even comprehend why this is connected to this and this connected to that and that connected to this and this connected to that. It would just blow your mind how everything's all connected. Because of one incident that happened. We think something terrible happened, but God's using it for the good. All things work together for the good. God will matters. God will Matters. Luke 22, verse 42, 43 says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. This is Jesus. He was praying in the garden of Gethsemane. He said, Lord, now the cross is before me. <laughs> the word is behind me. Lord, now if there's another way we could go about doing this, you know, this is the time to let me know. Because stuff's about to happen in a few moments, God. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Be done. God wants his people to get in a place where he said, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. But, Lord, that's my dream. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. But, Lord, that's my major. Not that. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. But, Lord, I thought I was going to have a baby. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Because God, that was my dream job. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. But God, this is happening. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. That's the type of attitude we need to have. That's where the going gets tough. That separates the warriors from the wimps. <laughs> Nevertheless, I don't understand it. I don't have the answers. I don't understand the formula. But God, I'm trusting you. God, I'm believing you. God, I'm relying on you. Because I can't figure this thing out. You know it all. You're all-knowing, ever-present. Help in the time of trouble. I'm calling to you, God. Nevertheless, it's not about me. It's about you. 
cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Oh, I have decided to follow Jesus. No matter what that means, no matter what it all costs, the cost of my house, the cost of my job, I have decided he will provide for me. I'm not going to give up on him because he never gave up on me. You have to have that type of tenacity. Whatever your will is, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to, if I lose it all, you look in the Bible, many lost it all, but God gave it all back to them. Come on. God always gives you double for your trouble. Don't you know that? I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Know his seed begging bread. He will do it for you if you follow him today. God will matter. In closing, what matters most out of all these things to God? What matters most? You must have an honest relationship with God through Christ. That is the root of our prayer life. Not through Buddha, not through Allah, not through Hare Krishna, not through witchcraft, not through Satanism. I can go down the list. Not through a medium, not through a psychic, not through your lucky numbers, not through your horoscope, because it's horrible. Sounds good, but it ain't God. Sounds a little truth. See, what the devil does, he picks a little truth and he put a whole lot of lies. He's like, yeah, that sounds a little bit like me, but not that far because that's, you don't want it. If it, has, if it has a little truth, no, you want the full truth. We don't have psychics. We have prophets. We have seers. Come on now. We have people who speak thus says the Lord. We don't, we, we don't need to go through all that stuff. Only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Only through Only through acknowledging Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Having it honest. You know what honest means? That means I'm able to pour my heart out. I'm able to be real. I'm able to be raw. I'm able to be explicit. I'm able to be who I am. I can pull off the mask and say, Lord, this is me. All the cuts, all the bruises, all the trauma, all the trials, all the things that I have endured, I'm giving it to you. An honest relationship with Jesus. That's what matters most to God. And I close with John chapter 9, verse 31. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Who does his will. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads at this time. And as we're preparing to bring this message and this worship experience to a close this morning. God is speaking. He spoke very clearly this morning to us. I heard him from myself. First question I have to ask, do you know Jesus Christ this morning? Do you know him? Because all this is nice, but if you don't have a relationship with God, nothing really matters anyway. All that matters most is that you have a relationship with him this morning. Because he loves you with an everlasting, with an eternal love. And if that's you who I'm speaking with this morning, 
I want to give you the opportunity to commit your life to him this morning. I'm going to give you an opportunity to open up yourself to receive him in your heart this morning. Maybe you're saying, Pastor, well, I've I, I prayed the prayer of salvation, but, you know, I, I've kind of backslid. I've kind of, you know, been, been like that way in my faith. I'm good on Monday, bad on Tuesday, back and forth, and by Sunday I need help all over again. If that's you, God wants you to commit to him today in faith. Believe him. Don't doubt today. Trust him today because he loves you with an everlasting love. And so I'm going to say this prayer for those who are not believers. I'm going to ask all of us to pray in concert this prayer with me this morning. Even those who are listening via the podcast online, God is calling to you this morning. God is calling to you. If you under the sound of my voice, God is speaking to you this morning. He wants to have you. And we're going forth um, in Jesus' name. Also on the back of that connection card, if you received Christ as your Savior or if you recommitted your life to him today, you said that prayer from your heart and you're saying, Lord, this, uh, this is my first time I'm recommitting my life to you or I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving my life to you for the first time, please check the box so we can follow with you. I want to give you the things that you need to help you grow, especially in the area of prayer. If you have a prayer request, you can write your prayer request on the back of that connection card. Um, as well, if you want more information about where you can serve and help or find out about our next newcomer's luncheon, amen, you can check that information off as well. We just want to make, make sure that you're aware of what's going on. Um, as the host is preparing to come, um, I just want to remind you that this Thursday we are praying again. We had a good time last Thursday in prayer, amen, but we only had a few that dialed in. And so we want you to take that time to dial in this Thursday at 7.30. If you call a few minutes earlier, we can take your prayer request before we go into prayer. But it's a conference call. You can call from anywhere. Amen. I know the date says last week, but we're going to do it for the next two weeks. Amen. While we are in this series of prayer. And so Thursday is our time where we're going to pray together as a church. Many of you fast. If you could take that day to turn down a plate so you can have that time to consecrate yourself to the Lord, that will be helpful as well. So we can hear what the Lord has to say to us. But I encourage you this Thursday. If you need information, check the Facebook account, check Twitter, check our church website. All the information is there. Amen. If you lose your flyer to dial in um, for this week's prayer call. It's this Thursday from 7.30 to 8.30. Just an hour of power. Amen. And so we're going to have a blessed time in the Lord. I'm asking my wife to come, Pastor Vernon. Do you receive that word this morning? That's not kind of weak. Do y'all really receive it this morning? Amen.